Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter number 5. Hey, Brother Jim said we had a lock-in on Friday night, and uh, we, uh, my wife and I and my family, we pick up uh, Jesse, one of our teenagers, every week and bring him to church. And when we picked him up this morning, my wife asked, she said, Jesse, have you recovered from Friday night? And he said, uh, yes and no. And uh, that's kind of my response this morning, is kind of yes and no. So I've uh, I, I've had a lot of caffeine this morning, so... Uh, if I'm a little bit jittery, don't worry about me. If I pass out, you might have somebody check on me. But um, but I'm here to uh, to worship our Lord Jesus this morning. Um, he is worthy of it. I'm thankful to be saved this morning. I, we could be anywhere this morning, but how wonderful it is that we gather as believers and come into his house to worship him. I had told Brother Jim that uh, this the last couple of weeks, last Sunday and this one, I had studied and, uh, and prepared and, and put... Uh, my, my sermon notes and outlines together, and, and both times God changed my direction. And so admittedly, this is a passage I've preached on before, but I believe that it's the mind of God this morning that we preach on it. Uh, Mark chapter number 5, we'll stand and read together in verse number 1. The Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, uh, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they saw it and told them how it befell to him that he was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Let's pray this morning. God, we we are so grateful to have a place that we can gather this morning to uplift uh, the name of your son, Jesus. God, we could be anywhere this morning if it were not for you, but God, you've saved us and and you have brought us into this place. And Lord, I pray that this morning as we preach your word that you would help me, Lord, that I would just be your vessel that you would use and that your message would uh, 
touch within the depths of our hearts that you would draw us closer to you, Lord. And and my greatest hope, Father, is that if there is anyone here that's never been saved and, and, and has never been made right with you, God, that they would see their great need this morning and that this morning that they would be born again. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach this morning to you on a healing Savior. Um, a little bit last week we talked about what uh, having having compassion on the multitude and being thankful for uh, for somebody that was willing to share the gospel um, with you or with I, those of us that have been uh, been born again, and it's all because Jesus came and and He healed us, He forgave us of our sins, and He changed our life and and set us anew, making us new creatures in Him. And 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 I want us to listen. I'll be brief this morning, but I want us to listen closely this morning. If any of you are in here this morning and and you're lost and you feel without hope and and you feel like life has has uh, has failed you. Um, let me tell you, there's hope in Jesus this morning. You can you can uh, find peace and happiness in salvation through Jesus Christ this morning. And so let's go through this passage very briefly. And, and we're going to look at, at some of these things here. The, the first thing that I, I notice here is the situation in which this man uh, had found himself in. It was a situation that was uh was assumed by him to be hopeless and probably by those that were around him. Uh, when we look and see the things that are going on in our communities and in our nation, in many ways, uh, things seem very hopeless. Um, and and uh, there's there's so many programs that are put out that are, are uh, supposed to offer hope. We hear that word so often used by our government of what of extending hope to people, you know, and and hope and help and help is on the way, and we, you know you can. And have hope in us and trust in us. Um, but, but there is nothing, any of these programs, there's, there's nothing that this world can actually offer, uh, man, woman, or child to actually give them peace, to actually give, to give you happiness or to fulfill you in your life. Um, the only thing that can do that is a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I, I, I will say, uh, and without going into detail, but I, I have, uh, at times in my young life had looked to things that maybe would bring me happiness. Um, and I found very clearly they did not, as I'm sure many of you could agree that as we have looked out in times of our life and and maybe uh, either walked away uh, and gotten out of God's will or maybe before you were born again, you tried to find satisfaction and you tried to find fulfillment in the things that this world was able to offer you just to find that ultimately that they were empty and that there was no fulfillment and that there was no happiness in what they could offer you in a situation that felt like very hopeless. And that's the situation that I believe that this man probably probably found himself in. You know, one thing that we see here um, is that the situation that he was in was not affected. Uh, it was unaffected by, by other men. Um, it was other men that had made attempts to bind him here. Other men had made attempts to do things to to stop what was happening in his life. How many of us know someone this morning that is in living in, a, in destruction because of their sin in their life. And although we may try to step in and we may try to do something in our own human efforts and we may try to, to try to offer some kind of help to them, uh, we know that ultimately what they need is to be saved and to be made right with God, to find victory and and, uh, and to overcome their sin uh, through Him. This man's situation could not could not be changed by anyone. He was possessed with with the devil, uh, with, with demons. We, we know that there's there's nothing that was able to be done by anybody else. But I would also say that his situation was um, inescapable. You know, when you when you look, and some of you know, and some of you have been probably uh, addicts, uh, and you look at the situation that these people are in, 
Um, it is a situation that seems without escape. It seems like something that they are stuck within and that they cannot remove themselves from, no matter how hard that they may try, that they can enter into this program or that program, or they can try to seek some kind of help. Um, but ultimately, it's something that they're not able to escape within themselves. You know, our sin is so destructive in our life, it's not something that we can uh, just make a change in our in ourself um, to, to uh, rid ourselves of our sin, to seek forgiveness within something that we can offer. Uh, we cannot pull ourselves up by our bootstraps is what I'm trying to say here. Um, what we're stuck in is a is a uh, curse of sin. It is bondage. Um, when Adam and Eve chose to sin and disobey God, when they uh, they chose to uh, disobey what God's command was and this, the, the uh, curse of sin came into the world, then it affected all of mankind, each and every single one of us. There's none of you that can escape what it, uh, the curse of sin in your life. Um, you know, when I when I look at uh, at my life, I I'm very thankful for how God has uh, has moved and how He has uh, helped me in my life. Many of you know my testimony. Some of you knew my family when I was very young, and and w- when I was a young man, I had a uh, I had a tragedy that that took place in my life, as I'm sure many of you have had in your lives as well. And uh, and it was only by God that things were able to be changed, and God brought me to the point that I that I am today. And the things that took place were because of sin, uh, things that uh, sinful, uh, sinful people doing sinful things and leading into destruction. And uh, and it was something that uh, that that I could uh, not escape from had it not been for Jesus. And I've been very blessed that when I was 13 years old, that, that God saved me, um, that God uh, changed my life at that point. Um, but I, I, our sin is something that we ourselves cannot escape from. It's only of the Lord. So this man's situation was unaffected by man. His situation, uh, it was inescapable. But I would also say that the situation was also constant. Look at verse number five with me again. It has that word there always and always night and day. He was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. If you remember back, saved person, before you were saved and you were living in sin, how it was constant the uh the the sin that you were dealing with uh it, it's it every at every single turn that you turn you still found that you were fa- uh falling into sin that you could not uh overcome it and and that it had complete and total control on your life can i say this morning that that we have a a, a great um uh, uh issue with the increase of evil going on in the world around us um people that are believing that what is the bible very clearly says is wrong and is sin is being believed to be fine and acceptable um, and tolerated and it is constantly going on around us. It, 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 it's it's uh, it's can be very uh, disheartening and very disturbing at times um, to see what it is that's going on around us with with this being so very constant. Um, well, what what is it that we can do about this? What is it that we can do about this? A situation. Well, we point them to Jesus. We tell people that it's Christ that can save them and can forgive them. So this man's situation was unaffected by man. His situation was inescapable. His situation was constant. And I'd also say his situation was harmful. Look at verse uh, number five again. It says it was always day and night. He was in the mountains and in the tombs. He was crying and he was cutting himself with stones. You know, sin is so harmful, it'll, it'll eventually send you to hell. If if you uh, do not enter into the salvation in which Christ has offered, 
then you will die in your sins and you will go to hell. Not because God doesn't love you. Not because, uh, as a matter of fact, God loves us so much. I was talking about our worth this morning in Sunday school to the young people. It's not that we're worthless. We're worth so much to God that he sent Christ to die for our sins and to pay for our sins that we could be, uh, that we could be born again. But our, our sin is so harmful that if we do not receive salvation, that if we live within it, that we'll die and we'll go to hell. But even on this earth, sin can be harmful uh, to the unbeliever, but even to the believer. You know, I, I'll say that sin, it, it affects our fellowship with the Lord when we're saved. Uh, it affects our fellowship and our ability to be able to serve as we ought to serve God. You know, I would just be very transparent with you. There's been times in my life since I've been saved that I just haven't lived right. There's been times that I just haven't followed after the Lord as I ought to. And I will admit that it is very difficult to, uh, it, uh, impossible to find the peace that God wants to give us in our life. It, how How is it that we can share the gospel with other people if we ourselves are, are living in sin? And it's hard for God to uh, use us because of the own filthiness that we're allowing into our, li- into our lives. How can we be effective in sharing the gospel with others? It's a, it's a, harmful, uh, it's a harmful thing in our lives. And, uh, and we see the sin, how harmful it was in this man's life as well. But I would also say that his situation was a miserable one. When when we look at him, we see that he had lived, um, he had lived possessed with demons. Um, he was living in a, in a place of tombs. I mean, imagine living. Uh, you think you know? Sometimes I get frustrated with all the work I have to do around my home and all the things that I have to do. I get worn out, and Rachel can can agree. I fuss and carry on about it all the time. But you imagine living amongst a place where there's dead people, a place of uncleanness. I mean, being completely put away by the people around you, being able to have the, the level of loneliness in which this man uh, uh, no doubt felt um, that he was he was physically injuring himself. He was separated from anybody that he had literally nothing. But just the fact that he was still breathing might have been the only hope that he had. It was a miserable situation. You know, I got like I said, I was saved young. I, I'm very blessed that I was brought up in a good home. Um, but I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I don't know exactly. But think about where we'd be had God not saved us. Some of you know where you'd be. Some of you would probably be dead and in hell. And if you weren't dead yet, you'd be messed up in sin. And and look, here we are sitting together on this Sunday morning with me half awake trying to preach to you. And... and I mean, here we have the word of God before us. We love one another. We love serving God. We're thankful for his goodness in our life. And we just don't deserve it. But this world is still full of, of people that are just miserable. They're in this man's condition. You may be in this condition this morning. Go hopeless without without any help. But praise the Lord, there is a solution to that. That We say that Jesus, the, uh, our healing Savior, he came along. Look at verse number six. It says, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshipped him. The person of Jesus was acknowledged. I'll say this morning, if you're uh, if you're not saved, you have to acknowledge who Jesus is. You have to understand who he is. Jesus Christ, uh, contrary to what this world believes, was not just a man with some good ideas that died for a decent cause, that offered us a decent religion so that humanity could live better, but he is the son of God. He's living now. He died for your sin. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was the only sacrifice that could be made that would satisfy 
the wrath of God. Uh, our, uh, us and ourself, I mean, you look at yourself in the mirror, at least I do sometimes, and I think, man, there's nothing I could have brought to God. There is nothing at all. The best efforts that I could have made were as filthy rags to the Lord. There's nothing that I could have brought to the Lord. But God loved me so much that Jesus came and died for me and took my place. And 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 not only am I forgiven of sin, I'm a child of God. Uh, I mean, we have we have the opportunity to to we have God's word. We can enter in before the Lord and pray directly to God. We're very privileged to be able to have what God has given us as Christian people. We have to understand who the person of Jesus is. If you're without hope this morning, if you've never been saved, know that Jesus loves you and he wants to save you. I've had young people before tell me, uh, Brother Kerry, I, I don't think that God will save me. I don't think he can save me because I have done this or I've committed this sin and they'll lay out a list of sins and things that they have done and and I have to remind them very quickly, you, you think that you think that you're any better than anybody else that God has told us about in his word? You think you think that you're better than David, the murderer and adulterer? You know, you think you're better than Noah who got drunk? You think you're better than these people? God loved them. God used them. And none of us are worthy. So we have to understand and acknowledge the person of who Jesus is. But also we have to acknowledge the power that Jesus has. Look at verse seven. He says, and cried with a loud voice and saith, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Look down at verse 13. It says, and forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2000 and were choked in the sea. So what we have here is is uh, we have the demons that were recognizing who it was that Jesus was. And they recognized themselves, the power that Jesus had. It says that they said, I drew thee. They pleaded with the Lord, knowing what he could do to them. And I want to say this morning that the only power that we can have over our sin is not anything we can do, but it's the power of Christ in us. Uh, you know, I, I'm nothing this morning. I'm just a human being. I'm fleshly and I'm faulty. But Christ in me is everything. And I know you, those of you that have been born again that love to serve God know within yourself there is nothing but that it is the power of God in you that can make you effectual, lead others to Jesus Christ to do the work of to do the work of God uh, that is to be done. Um, also, I say that there was a, a purging of the wickedness. You, you see there that Jesus got them out. He said in verse number eight, for he had set for he said unto them, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And we look down at, uh, uh, again at verse uh, 13. It says that they went out and entered into the swine. Um, it, there was the removal of this evil that was in this man, the, the possession of these demons that was within this man. Those of you that have been saved, especially that's really been brought out of the, the depths of, of what maybe wicked sin that you have lived in for decades, uh, know just how far Jesus will reach down to pull you out. That there's none that he will pass over. That, that, and that his desire is to save you and then to, uh, to lead you in a life of, of growing to be more like him, to continue to change. You know, I think it's funny sometimes. This might make you mad. I hope it doesn't, but sometimes people get real wound up about church not being just perfectly proper and pristine all the time. But I mean, to me, if we're a living church and people are getting saved, you're going to have people at all times of their Christian walk. Some are going to not be as close to the Lord. Some will have just been saved. 
and the, and they'll have some time to continue to grow. And Lord, some will have been saved for decades, and uh, we ought to have a little bit of grace with that. But for all of us, once we've been saved, God's desire is to continue to grow us in the faith, to continue to put us where it is that He wants us to be. We ought not, if we look at our life and we're in the same spot that we were five or ten years ago, we probably need to make some changes for the Lord. Probably some things we need to do a little bit differently to grow closer to the Lord. We need to evaluate our life and ask ourselves, what is it that we can do? Because God's desire is to get, uh, to continue to grow us to be more like Jesus Christ. And then we see here that this man is healed. Look at verse number 15 with me. It says, they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. This man was sitting down, and this man had peace. I remember when I got saved, just the feeling of peace that came upon me. Just I, Like I said, I was not some hardened criminal. I hadn't lived as a, a, a murderer or a thief, but I was 13 years old, and if I died, I would have died and gone to hell. And, and God clearly showed me my need of Jesus, and I prayed and asked God to save me. And I remember the burden of, that God uh, lifted and took off of me, and the peace that I had. And I will say even today, after being saved for 22 years, that when things are, seems like life is just crazy, and I'll be honest with you right now, things seem pretty crazy. We still have peace in the Lord. We, he, we know we have victory in Christ. We know that, 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 that Christ will have the ultimate victory in things going on. And whether it's, whether it's the, the large things going in, on in life or the small things going on in life, we can still have peace on what's happening knowing that we've been born again and forgiven. I mean, the worst that can happen is that we die and go to heaven to be with the Lord. Is that, I mean, that's right. So this man, he was healed, and this man, uh, this man, he had peace. But also, um, we see in verse number 15, it says that he was clothed. You know, nakedness, we see, is, a, is uh, suggestive of, of shame in the Bible. And this man, his shame had been removed. Uh, you know, if, if you had lived in, in quite a bit of sin before you were saved, and uh, even as a saved person, when you do sin, the shame that it brings to you. But Jesus can remove that shame that you have. You know, I, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I have a, uh, uh, I'll say, a bad tendency to look at other people in church and I'll think, man, what a great Christian man! I desire to be, I desire to be like that, and to 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 just really love the Lord like that, like that man does. But I'm sure if, if you were to look at, you know, certain individuals, that ju- there's just as much uh, fault prone to sin as anybody else. We're all broken people that's been fixed only by Jesus Christ. This man's shame that he had. We all have things that we can say that we're ashamed about. But Jesus has has covered that in his blood. Once we've been saved, he's he's forgiven us and covered our sin, but also it says that he was in his right mind in verse 15 as well. Um, he had a clear vision at this point. He was able to think clearly, and uh, when we have a clear vision, we can understand our purpose. You know, I, I, I have always said that if you're still alive and you're still breathing, then God still has a purpose for your life. Um, I, I had very briefly mentioned George Mueller last week, but he was a man that desired his whole life to be in the mission field, and God used him for almost his whole life, not in the mission field, but working as a uh, in in an orphanage, he had moved into a place to work uh, to work in an orphanage. Um, but he desired to to uh, go to do uh, more for the Lord in another place. But it wasn't until he was an old man, excuse me, a man in his golden age, that God took him and and used him in a different area. 
Yeah, differently. Even even in his older age, God continued to use him. It just uh, it, you might feel like you're too young to do something for God, or you're too old to do something for God, or you don't have any skill that you can offer to God. What God wants is obedience. God wants you to just be willing to say, "I'll do it, Lord. Here, here am I. Now do with me what you will." And so this man, he had a, a vision of. of Clear, clear-mindedness, right-mindedness. He was also a, a different creature. We know the Bible tells us that we've become a new creature in Christ once we've been born again. And it says when they looked at this man that they were afraid. I don't think they were afraid because of what he was there before him. I think they were afraid because the drastic change of what had taken place in him and the power that Jesus had and what he had done in his life. You see, the things that were done in this man were something that you and I could not do. And it was such a drastic transformation that had taken place that it was obvious to other people. Um, when we become saved, we become different. We become a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and like I said, if you're here this morning and you've never been saved and, and, and uh, you, you want to get right with the Lord, and I'll tell you this morning, if you get saved, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, then he will save you and he will make you different than you are now. You don't have to worry about changing you. The Holy Spirit will change you. God will do a work in you. You can't do. Again, you just be obedient and yielded to him. And then also I'll close with this. In verse number 20, Jesus had wanted him to not go with him, but to go out and to tell others what he had done for him. Like I said last week, we ought to always be sharing the gospel with others. If you feel like you can't do anything else, you ought to still be able to pray and still be able to tell other people about Jesus. You might not be able to attend every single event the church offers and be able to Involve yourself with everything, but if you read, study, uh, pray, and tell others about Jesus, uh, you'll, you'll be doing good as, as far as what the Lord would have you to do. So uh, I encourage you this morning, if you've never been saved, if any of you are here this morning, I know we got a smaller crowd, but if anybody's here this morning that's never been born again, Jesus Christ wants to save you this morning. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to make you right with him. He will forgive you of your sin, and he'll make you a child of God. And if you have been saved this morning, Let's just, including myself, let's just be thankful to the Lord what we could have been this morning. Where we, where, where we could have been, what we could have been. Be thankful to the Lord for how good he is to us. Let's bow our heads and we'll close in prayer as the piano player comes up. Heavenly Father, Lord, I uh, I know that this was very brief and simple. But God, I pray that, that the name of Jesus was glorified this morning. Lord, I pray that you would deal with the hearts of your people. Lord, if there's anybody in here that is not saved, Lord, I pray this morning that they would put their faith and trust in you. And God, let us be ever grateful to you. Let it, let us, uh, let us, uh, offer to you our reasonable service to you, Lord, to, to follow after you as we ought to, because you've saved us and, and we belong to you, Lord. God, we love you so much and we thank you for your many blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.